Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Well, this is the day that the Lord has made. I am rejoicing because I'm glad to be a part of it. What about you? Come on. How many of you are glad to be a part of this day? (laughs) Well, we honor God for giving us this wonderful opportunity to share with you today. I bless God for your wonderful leadership team and your senior pastor, Pastor David, and his wonderful wife. I whispered in her ear and I said, is he being a good patient there? And she said, you know, in her nice, gentle way, she said, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. So we thank God for him. And of course, Pastor Danny and all that you're doing here. And of course, this wonderful church. God bless you. I want to jump right into my assignment today. I want to look into the book of St. John. I believe that God is speaking to the church of Jesus Christ. And I believe that this word is where we are and we must embrace what God is saying. St. John chapter 13, Jesus is speaking in verses 34 and 35 in particular. If you'll turn with it, turn with me in your Bibles to that particular place. Um, I tend to preach from the Bible, so that's why I'm asking you to turn to it. All right. Those of you online, if you'll look at the screen, I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. I want to talk about today with your prayers and with God's power. I want to talk about love is the key. Love is the key. Now, As I've done prior, and I think it's very important that I do this icebreaker right at the beginning of the presentation, because of course, I am not Jim Cimbala, as you might have noticed. But there's some other things I want to deal with. I want to deal with some other elephants in the room. The first elephant I want to deal with is this. Look at me. I am black. (laughs) And generally speaking, as I look across this room and I look into the living rooms of those who are tuned in, generally speaking, you are white. If you don't believe me, look down your row. (laughs) 
But we are all Christians. That, that's really the sermon today in a nutshell. That, that, that is really the sermon. That is really the word. If I had a microphone, I could just drop it right there and walk off the stage, and we can go ahead and get into the um, buffet line, if you will. It's not about white. It's not about black. It's about us being Christians. We have an opportunity today as the church of Jesus Christ, as Christians, to turn this world upside down for Jesus Christ. And it will only happen if we lead with Christ and not our complexion. It will only happen if we lead with our faith and not our face. It will only happen if we lead being Christians 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. So as I look over this audience, and as you're looking and tuned into this service, you've got to understand that if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you have been transformed into a new creation. We are all Christians. If you don't mind, type in the chat, I am a Christian. We are all Christians. We are a part of the body of Christ. And if we're a part of the body of Christ, we have a purpose and we have responsibilities. We have a charge to keep and a God to glorify. We have a responsibility. I am very concerned about the church today in the 21st century. I'm concerned about the body of Christ. I'm concerned about the universal church right now. I am wondering in particular if we have lost our focus, if we've lost our drive, if we've lost our passion for loving others beyond ourselves. I believe if we're going to win the world for Jesus. I believe if we're going to impact communities and societies, I believe if we're going to expand the kingdom of God, it's only going to happen when love is at the core, when love is at the foundation, when love is the motivator. It's only going to happen then when we allow love to define who we are and allow love to define what we do. We can do a whole lot of events and activities and, and conjure up quite a bit of volume, but if our events are not based in love, if they're not saturated with love, if they're not grounded with love, then our events will not be effective. They will be as 1 Corinthians 13 describes, we will become sounding brass, tinkling cymbals. We'll become a whole bunch of noise. And I don't know about you, I'm not into just being a noise maker. I'm into being a music maker. 
It is when you combine your sound with my sound and we learn how to harmonize and we do your part and we, be, we perform, we, we put together this incredible celestial orchestra as a presentation to God. That's when God gets glory. I'm excited about all of the wonderful activities that we are doing as Christians, as churches together. I applaud your pastor because every activity that we've done, every time I speak to him, you know what your pastor always want to do? I mean, out of all the things we can do, one thing he's going to always want to do, he's going to want to, he's going to, want to pray. He'll say, well, Bishop, I think, now this is his greatest idea, I think we ought to have a prayer walk. I said, a prayer walk? He said, yes. He says, let's walk the community and saturate it with prayer. And I'm thinking we just going to go around the corner. I didn't realize that the first prayer walk we did was going to be like five or ten miles long and we was going to need water and we a caravan. He, he's just over the top when it comes to prayer. Why? Because he knows that a church that prays together stays together. He knows that families that pray will stay. He knows that prayer speaks to the heart of God. Prayer says, I care. Prayer says, I love. Prayer says, I'm concerned about you. Here in our message today, I want you to know that when we look here in the book, the good book, the Bible, some 500 times that word love is used as a root word, 500 times from Genesis to Revelation, 500 times. But here in the passage that we're speaking from in the book of John, from chapters 1 through 12, Jesus himself uses the word love 12 times. But then from chapters 13 to 21, he uses the word love 45 times. He goes from 12 times to 45 times in the same book of the Bible. It's like this ramping up phase. It's like this exponential accentuation. It's like this emphasis that he's trying to get us to understand how important it is. He's like bringing attention to the word love, just like I'm here today. I believe I'm here by his invitation, but I believe I'm here by divine appointment because I believe God wants me to echo the fact that we've got to have more love. Love has to be the emphasis. Love has to have our attention. Love has to be, have the accent, the accentuation. We've got to attack love with a sense of urgency. If you notice, the closer that Jesus gets to the cross, the more intentional he is about pointing to love. He calls his disciples together and he gives a lesson on love. And then he says in verse 33 and 34, if this world is going to be transformed, then love is the key. So the question is, are we as Christians being good stewards of love? Think about that for a minute. Are we as Christians being good stewards of love. You mean love is in my hand? Yes, I'm saying that 
Jesus' love, he placed his love in your hand. And I'm asking you, what are you doing with it? What are we doing with it? What's our responsibility? What's our role as it relates to being love distributors? I'm talking about in these days where we got viruses and violence, we got rioting and racism, we got bullying and brutality, we got protests and police and pandemics and politics, and we got issues with human trust and issues with human trafficking. Evidently, the Christians are supposed to be the ones that will fill the need of the world. What the world is missing, we have. We've got to fill the void with the love of Jesus Christ. It will solve violence. It will solve rioting. It will solve racism. It will solve bullying. It will solve brutality. It will solve the protests, the police, the pandemic. The love will solve it. And we have a responsibility. Love is so crucial until Jesus himself gave three essentials to keep us focused on our assignment. He gave a command, he gave a comparison, and he gave a condition. First of all, he gives a command. Jesus opens up this passage and he says, I'm giving you a new commandment that you love one another. A new commandment, he says, that you love one another. In verse 34, that word, that phrase, one another, literally means mankind, that you love one another or love mankind. It's not telling them to just love other disciples. Jesus is not just telling them to love other Christians or other people that look like them. But Jesus is literally telling them and us to love all of humanity. Love everybody. Love everybody. Love all people. The word all in its most simplest form, the working functional definition of the word all is this. All means all. <laughs> Love all people. Now, let's draw in a little closer to the text because contextually speaking, you got to know that this is something new for these disciples. When we look here contextually, this is something new for them. These men were living then as we are seemingly living now in a culturally divisive time. They were living in a time where the Bible says Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. It was appropriate to live a divided life. They were fine only loving folk that looked like them. They were satisfied in their own silos. They, they had no issues being isolated. But then Jesus comes along and he pushes the envelope and he pushes them out of their comfort zone and he commands, he commands them. He says, this is not optional. You don't have a decision in this. This is not, I'm not asking you a question. He says, I'm giving you a command that you take the limits off of your love and love everybody. 
including Pastor David in the middle. Got to love everybody. I'm commanded to love my brother in Christ. Doesn't matter if he's on one side of the tracks or not, if he's on one place or another, if he's, if he's a little lighter than me or if he's got a little more hair than I do, maybe he's a little thinner than I am, maybe he's a little taller than that. That's the only difference I can think of. Everything else, we about the same. <laughs> we have to love each other. Why? Because we are commanded to do so. He gives them a new command, not in terms of principle of love, but in terms of people to love. Not in terms of the practice of love, but in terms of the parameters of love. Now, this is what really blew my mind when I was studying this passage of Scripture and, and, and I began to zoom in on the text. This command became even more profound because when I noticed the scene of the text, I noticed something here that really blew my mind. Here's what I noticed. When Jesus was teaching this lesson on love, he's sitting at the table breaking bread with the brother he knows that's getting ready to betray him. He's teaching a lesson on love, and he knows that the betrayer is right there, and he's, he's saying, I'm, I'm going to still love you. I know what you're up to. I know what you're going to do. I'm still going to love you. We've got to love everybody regardless. What does that mean? It means that there is no one exempt from our love. No one is exempt. We've got to love our besties and our betrayers. We got to love our helpers and our haters. We got to love our friends and our foes. We got to love our allies and our adversaries. We got to love those who pray for us, P-R-A-Y for us, and those who pray, P-R-E-Y on us. We got to love those who are for us and against us. We are commanded to love. Loving is not optional. If you can look down your row, tell somebody, loving me is not optional. <laughs> Those of you who are home in your living rooms or your family room, look at your family members and tell them, loving me is not optional. You don't have a choice. Now, if you really want to get sassy with it, then you say, nah, 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 nah. You got to love me. You got to love me. If you are a Christian, if you are a Christian, it's a command. Not only is it a command, but, it's, but he says, I want to give you this comparison. Jesus says, I am your model. I'm your model. He says, just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. He says, compare how you love them to how I love you. He talks about 
how he loves us. Think about how he loves us, how he loves you. Let's make it personal. Think about how he loves you. One word, unconditionally. That's how he loves us. He, he loves us with no strings attached. He loves us with, with no hidden agendas. There's no probationary periods, no ulterior motives, no, no, no behavioral modifications required. He loves us just the way we are. Thank God he loves us just the way we are. Why? Because we can be some trifling people. But he loves us just, he loves us first. He loves us before the change. He loves us before the transformation. He loves us before we accept him. He loves us before. Which means that if we compare our love for others with his love, then we cannot have those attachments either. Think about it, that while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for your sins. That while we were in our worst state, he paid the greatest price. While we are nothing more than a bunch of filthy rags in the sight of God, he covered us with his blood. So when, he, when God looks at us, I don't care if you're black, he's looking at a black person, a black soul covered by the red blood of Jesus. I don't care if you're white, he's looking at a white soul covered by the blood of Jesus. If you're Hispanic, if you're Cuban, if you're Brazilian, I don't care what, he's looking at the blood of Jesus covering us. He gives us a command. He gives us a comparison. And then finally, he gives us a condition. He says this in verse 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you have love, that's the condition, one for another. If you have love, one for another. He, he literally gives the world the right to examine our credibility. He gives the, the world the right to examine our Christian card. Don't just flash your Christian card without having the stamp of love on it. It's void. It's a fake card without love. The world can see if you're real. It's the litmus test. You gotta have love. He said, by this men shall know. That word know, gnosko, it, it, it really means this in the original language. It means firsthand rub of the shoulders, observation and experience. Firsthand Rub of the shoulder, observation, 
and experience. That's why we must do the works of him that sent us wise day. Because every time we do work in his name, it's the a firsthand rubbing of the shoulders that wins that person to Christ. That's why we've got to keep feeding the hungry. Because every time we feed the hungry, we rub shoulders. They may not come in our sanctuaries. They might not, they may not open up the Bible, but thank God they got hungry. And because they got hungry and God used us as love agents, we now can rub shoulders with them because when we rub shoulders with them, then they know that we have the love of Jesus Christ. That's why we got to keep on clothing the naked. That's why we got to keep uh, giving drink to those who are thirsty. That's why we got to keep caring for the sick. That's why we got to have compassion on the poor. That's why we've got to keep caring for the children. Because every time we do those things, we rub shoulders, rub shoulders, because that's how they're going to know. Now, I know we're spread out in this room, and some of you all are sitting right next, door, right next to each other, family members. I dare you to kind of just rub shoulders with each other. Can't you feel the love just rubbing shoulders? rubbing shoulders. See, I believe that this, this is the season that God is calling for the church to rub shoulders with humanity. Everyone standing. When we rub shoulders with those who don't look like us, act like us, even smell like us, they know that we are his disciples. And then the key, the, the love key, unlocks the door of a stony heart. Then they will accept Jesus Christ because the truth of the matter is they're looking at you, they're looking at you, they're looking at you at home, and they're saying, if Jesus could love you, because the truth of the matter is some of these folk know our history. If he could love you, he could show enough love me. If he can transform you, he can transform me. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just a little love. But we, the church, we Christians are in charge of distributing the love. It's our responsibility. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that the world will encounter peace from. And I believe that God has made us agents of change love agents. Can I pray for you? God, right now, we thank you and we honor you. We bless your name. We thank you, God, for making us love agents and giving us the key of love. And we remember now your command. We remember the comparison and conditions. And God, right now, I pray that your love will provide the solution to racism and violence and injustice. 
We know according to your word, God, that what you require of us is to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly before you. And so, God, right now, I pray that every person in this place, as they prepare to leave, will love better, will love more effective, and will transform the lives of their families, of their coworkers, of the community, and ultimately this world. God, we thank you for choosing us, and we thank you for using us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. If you agree with this prayer, come on and put your hands together. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.